The Catechism says of the mystery of the Blessed Trinity that it is the central mystery of the Christian faith and of Christian life. There is no higher mystery because there is no higher reality than who God is in himself. God is a trinity of divine persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Each person is distinct but inseparable from the other. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, and neither of these is the Holy Spirit. But the Father would not be Father without the Son, and vice versa. And the Holy Spirit would not be the bond of love between the Father and the Son if one of those were lacking. And all of these are really hard concepts for the human mind to fathom. In fact, they are unfathomable. Even though our faith encourages us to dive right in and try to come up with some way in which we can articulate what is beyond our ability to reason. And so the greatest Christian minds have sought to shed some light on the teaching of God as Trinity. But they are careful to always remind us that every symbol, analogy, or image that we can come up with just isn't able to give a complete picture to us of what we are dealing with when we talk about the Blessed Trinity. An image that might be helpful which draws upon the biblical image that says our God is a consuming fire in the 12th chapter of the letter to the Hebrews. The image is the image of a flame. Take, for example, a little flame on top of a candle. The flame is a source of both light and heat, but the light is not the flame, nor is the heat. But without light and without heat, could a flame really be called a flame? Could it exist at all? And the light is not the heat, and the heat is not the light. But you couldn't have one without the other, and neither would exist without the flame, which is the source. Now remember, no image we can come up with is in any way perfect to communicate the teaching about who God is in himself as the Trinity. But these images can be somewhat helpful. The Father is the source of the Trinity, without whom there can be no Son or Holy Spirit. And as at no time a flame can exist without light and heat, so at no time in eternity does the Father exist without the Son and without the Holy Spirit. The flame, the light it gives, and the heat it produces exist inseparably, but they are distinct. The three persons of the Trinity exist inseparably, but they are distinct persons, though they share the same divine nature. But what does that have to do with my everyday life? So what? Would anything really be different if I worshipped God as one rather than as If I didn't know that God is a trinity of divine persons, would it make any big difference in how I live my life and my faith? I worship God, the one true God, but I worship him as a Christian, 
as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So what difference does it make? A big difference. Knowing that God is a trinity means that the God we worship is a relationship that is eternally going on between those three divine persons. And so we can and should relate to God not as some impersonal power like the force in the Star Wars films. We worship him, we relate to him in a personal way. God takes a personal interest in me and in you and he wants us to take a personal interest in him. But you cannot really relate well to someone you do not know. You can tell a great deal at a superficial level about a person by looking at their photo. But it's still one-dimensional. Only when you meet them in reality and get to know them in the flesh, so to speak, can you truly begin to know them and enter into relationship with them. So God initiates a revelation of himself, of who he really is, how he really is, so that we would desire to get to know him. When the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, Jesus, came among us, he revealed to us this inner reality of God. He came to show us the Father, to give us the Holy Spirit, to teach us how to relate to God in a deep personal way and not in some distant, vague way. It's really hard to pray to and put your trust in some cosmic, impersonal entity or power. But a God who is our Father, a God who is our brother, a God who comes to dwell in the depths of our souls, now that's a whole different scenario. With the passage of centuries, we Christians have become almost, I would say, desensitized to the radical revelation of God that Jesus has brought to us. That God is Father is already a wonderful revelation. That he is our Father and wants to re- us to relate to him as the most trusting child relates to his or her most wonderful daddy. Well, that's an altogether much more astounding teaching. And in every Mass, if we pay attention, we will hear the Church reminding us not to take for granted this gift and privilege that Christ has brought to us. We hear just before praying the praying of the Lord's Prayer this exhortation. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father. We are being reminded that we would never dare to conceive of God wanting to be so intimate and available to us, God wanting to have us as his children and have us address him in that way. We would never dare to approach God that way if it were not for the expressed command and teaching of Jesus who has given us this privilege, that we can call his Father our Father. And that not in some wishful thinking way, but as one of the deepest spiritual realities about ourselves that we can come to realize. Since God is a trinity, he has no need of anything 
but his own interior eternal relationship among those three divine persons. He has no need of you or me or anything we might have to offer. But because God is love, he makes room for you and for me to enter into that relationship and enjoy his friendship and his love here and now and eventually for all eternity. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.